Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities podcast. We appreciate you joining us once again. And this week, we have a lot of Bears news to be going over and all NFL news. First things first, we're going to be going over Jamal Adams getting traded to the Seattle Seahawks for two first-round picks and how this reflects on the Bears' Khalil Mack trade that occurred two years ago. Following that, we're going to be talking about Adam Shaheen being traded to the Miami Dolphins and how Ryan Pace was able to get any value from the second round bust. Following that, we'll be going over the Redskins new name of the Washington football team, which is kind of a comedic name that they're going to be going by this season. Next, we're going to be going over NFL owners and the NFL PA agreeing on new salary cap terms for the next coming seasons and what this means for the Bears. If you guys haven't seen the YouTube video, the Bears actually have zero cap space in 2021 currently. And finally, we're going to be wrapping up the show with three bold predictions from both Reese and I as to what's going to happen in the 2020 NFL season for the Chicago Bears. But before we get into the show, we have a quick couple of announcements that we want to give you guys. First, if you guys enjoy our podcast, go ahead and check out our YouTube channel. We actually had our first video that crossed over 1K views within the week. Also, go ahead and follow us on our Instagram at Chicago Bear Necessities. That's a great way to keep in contact with us and also up to date on all the latest Chicago Bears news. Also, we apologize to all of our loyal listeners for missing our last Thursday episode. Unfortunately, Reese and I both have other commitments commitments that we had to put ahead of the podcast this week. And we really, really tried to adapt our schedule and even tried potentially recording at six in the morning for you guys, but it just wasn't working. And we just decided to scrap the episode. Don't worry. We're going to be back on that consistent Monday, Thursday episode release days. So that's enough of all the boring announcements. Let's get into the rest of the show. Sit back, relax, and we'll see you guys again Thursday. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to, once again, another Bear Necessities podcast. We're sorry that we're coming at you guys with uh, missing an episode. That, uh, that was pretty unfortunate. We, we didn't intend to do that, but um, you know things just got, kind of got in our way. But we're excited to be joined back with you this week. Reese, how are you doing? Good. You know, I was just looking at the time. You know, it's 1047 a.m. Central Time, and I was thinking, hey, in a few weeks, this would be the time we're starting to get that kind of buzz because some football games are about to be kicking off in about like an hour or so you know and it's always an interesting yeah. time of the day when you know you kind of get that start of a long day of football on a nice sunday afternoon it's funny because over the past couple of weeks we ended up switching to a two times a week upload schedule and it was kind of weird because originally we were doing a one time a week kind of maybe a little bit more frequent than that it was a little bit you know random but missing that episode I, I just I felt like I had no purpose yeah. I was like wow is this what it's like to not be in a consistent cycle of recording and editing like it was it was really weird like I felt like weird you know I went to uh I actually went to my aunt's pool yesterday and actually you know had a couple coronas and relaxed for for once but uh, we're constantly on this grind we want to give you guys the best bears content available on apple podcasts and on youtube now our youtube has been absolutely exploding so go ahead and check us out uh, chicago bear necessities or you just type or you can just click the link in our description of the podcast that has been um, a really just a really good growth opportunity for us we're doing a little bit more casual videos obviously shorter in length i think they average about 10 minutes long you will get some of the same content on the that you get on the podcast but there's also a lot of individualized content like we just did a video yesterday on the nfl pa's agreement uh, with the nfl to how they're going to handle salary cap which we'll discuss later in the show but 
ultimately, we're, I'm excited to be back, Reese, and uh, there's a lot of actually interesting Bears news for once this week. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of things been going on, you know, league-wide in general, and with the Bears, it even kind of just happened overnight here. So, you know, I think we figured that as soon as training camp approached that things would start heating up a bit, and no question has that really been the case. We've already seen probably more news than we had to cover basically this whole offseason. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's 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 crazy. So let's go ahead and first let's let's talk about the blockbuster trade that just hit the NFL yesterday. Jamal Adams, safety for the Jets, was traded to Seattle for two first round picks and some change. I'm not going to get into the full details, but two first round picks is really the headliner. Um, he's a great player, but I don't know if he was worth that value. And I talked about recently on our Instagram, which, you know, another plug there, go ahead, type in Chicago Bear Necessities on Instagram, follow us there. Um, people still think the Bears lost the Mac trade when both Jamal Adams and Laramie Tunsil got two first round picks. Yeah, it's uh, when you tie it back to Mac. I think it proves that it's the that the Mac trade really they didn't Bears didn't give up all that much to get a you know certified All Pro, one of the best players of the decade, one of the best edge rushers of all time kind of players. So yeah, that really puts that trade into perspective. I think you know as for Jamal Adams, I think Jamal Adams in my mind he's he's very good. I think you know he's elite. He's kind of an Adrian Amos on steroids in a bit as far as having more ability. Yeah. That's kind of the type of safety that he is. He likes to be good in the box, mixing things up. You know, his pass defense, it, it can be good. I mean, he's only had a couple picks in his career, and that doesn't necessarily mean that he's bad in coverage because there's a lot more things that play into it. But, you know, it's I, in my opinion, he's a complimentary piece, and the Seahawks just absolutely gave up everything to go out there and get him. And, you know, something that Reese and I were talking about before the show actually began is, you know, safeties, yes, they're important, but they don't have nearly the same importance as like an edge rusher or quarterback or hell, even like a left tackle like Laramie Tunsil. Um, but ultimately, you know, I, I like Jamal Adams. I don't know if he's better than Eddie Jackson. I, I think that kind of uh, because of Eddie Jackson's down year last year, some people kind of assert that he is, but I don't, I don't really know, man. I, I think that he is probably right on the same level. I think they have obviously different skills, different skill sets. He's kind of like a Derwin James, yeah. I would say, <clears throat> very, very similar in his play. Um, but maybe, maybe Jamal Adams gives you a little bit more as far as protecting, you know passing plays than Derwin James does um but ultimately you know two two first round picks for safety I, I I do not like that especially with how many high quality safeties come out of the draft every single year I mean we don't really have a good understanding as to who's going to be uh, you know the top of the line draft picks next year but I can tell you that there's going to be a damn good safety you can probably get your hands on and it's just it, it, it's kind of it's it's pretty weird to actually conceptualize the fact that two first round picks, which is a quarterback value, right, is going for a safety, which, you know, kind of has a limited impact on a defense to begin with. Obviously, in my opinion, it's the most important secondary position, free safety, strong safety. I believe that I, I strongly believe in building your defense up the middle, um, you know, kind of an old football cliche. <clears throat> where you kind of build through the middle and build up front. Um, I, I'm a strong believer in that, but I still can't see two first-round picks being a good enough value for Jamal Adams. Yeah, it's it, it's an interesting move, and, you know, you brought up a good point about the draft. I mean, it seems like, 
you know, every draft cycle. And I feel like it's been getting better and better every year that you can go out and basically you can look towards basically like four different schools. You can look at Ohio State. You can look at Florida State. You can look at LSU. And I don't know, maybe throw another team in. Sometimes Clemson's got some good DBs. You know, there's some other places you can look, but they're almost always producing, you know, high quality defensive backs, whether it be safeties, whether it be corners. And, you know, yeah, it's a lot to, to give it up. And, you know, there's no question that, you know, Jamal Adams is a, is a superstar. I'm not trying to say that or say, you know, anything no, really bad no. about his quality at all. But when you give up that much and, and I realize that, okay, the Seahawks aren't picking super high up in the draft. Like, it's not likely that those first round picks are going to be yeah. top 10 picks. But at the same time, it does add up. And I know people always... I think I saw some reactions on Twitter like, oh, well, the Seahawks bungle their first-round picks all the time anyway. So that's not really an excuse just to give them away. Like, that's not, that's not yeah, really exactly. valid, you know? Yeah, and, you know, it is a little bit... <clears throat> when you think about it in that regard, where the Seahawks always do pick weird players that, you know, probably shouldn't have been picked at that position, then you're like, okay, you know, maybe for the Seahawks, it was worth two first round picks because it's hard to believe that two first round picks of Seattle would actually add up to that value. But again, that's not a good marker for what you could get. You have to think about other players who have been traded. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, he was traded for what, like a third round pick yeah. this past season. And it's kind of crazy to think, but the Chicago Bears kind of set the tone of having this like that anybody could be traded by trading for Khalil Mack. I think after the Khalil Mack trade, it kind of put the NFL on notice that like, yeah, anybody can be traded. Literally anybody. Odell Beckham, a guy who you thought would be untradeable, traded. DeAndre Hopkins, untradeable, traded. Jamal Adams, untradeable, traded. It just, I I believe that the Bears really set um, sent a message with that Khalil Mack trade, or at least the Raiders did. It's not so much the Bears because the Bears just kind of reaped the benefits, but more or less the, the actual Raiders. Well, yeah, the actual move, I think like, you know, not to get too like complicated, but it's almost like the Bears set like a price floor in like an economic way, where they almost set like a bare like yeah. minimum for this is what can be dealt in order for you know this player of this kind of quality to be moved. And, and you're exactly right. We've kind of seen a lot of superstar names that you know everyone always saw Odell in a you know Giants uniform. I mean, I don't think Stefan Diggs. Yeah, Stefan Diggs in, in you know Vikings uniform and. And not that Jamal Adams ever really seemed super happy in a Jets uniform, but, you know, he was a high first-round pick, someone that was kind of attributed to being like a franchise safety, you know, had a lot of, you know, a lot of hype around him. So you figure that the Jets would probably do a lot to keep to keep him, and it just, you know, didn't end up working out. Of course, there's a lot of issues within the team there where he wanted out anyway. So, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. It seems like, you know, if you're a player that wants out of a franchise, you know, you can force your you way out. Get it. You can force your way out. And the Bears are always reminded that they could have drafted Jamal Adams over Mitchell Trubisky. That's what a lot of people are calling for. But, I mean, do we even know that Jamal Adams could have withstanded a season like we had last year? I don't know if Jamal Adams is the type of guy you want in your locker room. Like, you don't want these guys that are just going to complain all the time and, like, that are just going to throw a fit when they don't like what they ha what they have. So, ultimately, I mean... As far as a character perspective, I'm way happier that we have a guy like Eddie Jackson, who's just a perfect example of what you want a football player to be in your locker room. I mean, he's a leader. You know, he's got tons of charisma. He's, he's, a, he's a really, you know, funny, funny guy. He's a very smart guy. He's like, I mean, he's his anticipation is ridiculous. He he is like essentially the perfect, you know, 
character guy for what you want, especially at a leader position like safety for defensive backs. I think better yet, but ult- better yet, they got him for a fourth round pick. I mean, it doesn't get yeah, much sweeter exactly. than that. Exactly, and you know, it would be really, it would have been really nice to have Jamal Adams and Eddie Jackson. That would have been ridiculous, but ultimately, you can't really. You can't really blame the Bears for drafting a quarterback there. I, I feel like there's always this like like consistent revisionist history where it's like, oh, the Bears should have never drafted, you know, Mitchell Trubisky at that position because there are all these other better quarterbacks available. Whereas that's not really the case. It was kind of like if anybody was drafted up there, Mitchell Trubisky was going to be the guy drafted. And you know, some people had the dissenting opinion that Deshaun Watson should have been the guy, but most no one would have argued that Deshaun Watson would have been drafted there either. They probably would have thought that the Bears should have traded down for Deshaun Watson. And obviously that would have been a better move in hindsight. But ultimately, I mean, it is what it is and we're moving on. It seems like we're going to be uh, moving on from Mitchell Trubisky following the season. And hopefully we'll have someone like Trevor Lawrence or uh, Fields. Yeah, Justin Fields. So Justin Fields, yeah. he For some reason, his... Uh, I always forget his name. I don't know why, but I always forget his first name. But yeah, Justin Fields, another amazing prospect. Or hey, even Jamie Newman for with Georgia right now. Um, all really high quality prospects. But let's move on to some actual bear news. Adam Shaheen, the man, the myth, the legend. He was traded to the Miami Dolphins uh, for a the the 2017 second round pick. He accumulated 249 yards and four touchdowns in three seasons, and he was consistently injured, and he was traded for a sixth-round pick. This is going to save us almost $2 million in cap, and it continues kind of a tight end cutdown that we saw with Ben Broniker, uh, who, you know, he was arguably had a better career for us than Adam Shaheen, and he was straight-up cut. Um, but we kind of have an abundance of riches at this tight end position right now. We, we're, very, we're very well off. We're very lucky to have the, the position group that we have following a horrible season with tight ends. Um, and my question is, could the Bears be priming to actually make a free agency move? They've been cutting down a lot of cap before these players have even reported to training camp. So it's a little suspicious to me. Yeah, it's interesting. I think that, you know, you know, they would have taken this Adam Shaheen deal no matter at what point it was at in this offseason. I think uh, moving him, it, it got rid of a lot of dead cap. And, you know, that's it was definitely a priority. Unfortunately, the baby Gronk era, <laughs> which he was termed when he <laughs> came here to Chicago, is over. And he's just someone that he really never really stuck, never really found his footing. You know, people really wanted to – he came from a Division two school, and people really wanted to, to believe that he could um, – you know, really live up to to something along that Gronk image, but it never never really quite panned out. He was never consistent, um, never even in the red zone. Never could really use his body to to get positioning over DBs. wasn't very physical for someone his size, so it, it was it just never really worked out. He got a lot of two point conversions. <laughs> that was like his key specialty was two point conversions. The man probably had like four of them, I believe. Like ri- like ri- ridiculous just amounts of two point <clears throat> conversions, and those obviously don't show up on the scorecard. But hey, I mean, he's got his he's got his role. But ultimately, I mean, I remember in 2017 his rookie season. I was actually left kind of feeling inspired by his performance like I thought that he had a fairly decent performance that year and he was playing pretty well and that's where the vast majority of his performance came from was actually his rookie year 
And then I think when we started actually adding real offensive pieces and we didn't just have, you know, Kendall Wright and, you know, um, you know, Tanner Gentry. Yeah. Bellamy on on the on the perimeters were like, oh, yeah, he uh, he kind of sucks. It's just it was just he was the only thing we had at that point. So he, he looked good by comparison. Ultimately, yeah, I mean, conditional sixth round pick. I know the condition is that he makes the team or that's the speculated condition. I'm I'm happy with that, man. Like I'm I'm happy with that. That's as much as we could have possibly asked for. Yeah, I mean that return. Uh, the the chance that there's a possible return for him, you know, if he makes the team, the Bears get a six round pick. Beautiful. If he doesn't make the team and the Bears don't get anything, then it's still fine because he wasn't really someone that we needed to to keep around. And like you said, I mean, this tight end position grouping got juiced up quite a bit. Um, adding Jimmy Graham on a not-so-great contract, but still better than what the Bears had before, going out and getting Cole Komet with their first pick in the second round. You know, those were two solid moves that really at least set up this position group to be a lot better than it has been over the past three years. And and like you said, yeah, the Bears have done a lot of cutting down. I mean, Broniker, Shaheen, and uh, Burton, who are basically the top, the main, the main three tight ends, you know, except Jesper Horstead saw a little bit of action, you know, in the mm-hmm. in the end, uh, tail end of last year, you know. So basically the, the people... I mean, hell, there, even they, Demetrius Harris, I mean, he's better than Adam Shaheen, and we signed him right off the... right off the... Uh, on a futures contract or something. Yeah. So basically the, the people that we were used to seeing aren't really even around anymore, but, you know, it's kind of like good riddance, you know. Um, Burton never really quite panned out to be what they expected him to be. I and mean, he had a better, much better 2018 than he had 2019. Struggled with a lot of injury issues. And injury issues just seemed to be something that was riddling our tight end grouping anyway. Like, we just could not catch a break with it. And when you look at the Chicago Bears offense, the amount of change that has occurred from even the 2018 season to now, it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, we have none of the same tight ends you know, Taylor Gabriel's gone. Yep. We brought in a bunch of new wide receivers. Cordell Patterson, uh, Jordan Howard is gone. We have David Montgomery. Really, the only like key staples on this offense, as far as weapons go, is Tariq Cohen, Allen Robinson, and Anthony Miller. And you know, obviously, I, I'm I believe in Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller. I'm you know, I I don't know if it's in the Bears' best interest to to re-sign Tariq Cohen. I think that's going to be really determined from this year. But I think, you know, Ryan Pace has really done a good job adding offensive weapons, even after the fact that he spent so much money in 2018 on so many of these guys. And he's also not been hesitant to admit his wrongdoings. And that's what I like so much about, you know, Ryan Pace is he's, I feel like he has a very realistic perspective on his performance as a GM. And I think that that has made him a better GM year after year. Like he realized throughout his first three years, the mistakes he made in the way he drafted players. And since then he's been drafting, you know, absolutely on fire. Uh, you know, he hasn't had all the picks for us to see, but he's been drafting pretty damn good. We're going to see what his pick is next year in the first round, but all the late round picks have been, you know, kind of actualizing into something. And I think he had a great draft this previous season. So ultimately six round pick for Adam Shaheen is, is all we can ask for. And it just kind of shows again, Ryan Pace is willing to make his mistakes. Uh, that seems to be the theme of this offseason. Yeah, I mean, you can't be too connected to Adam Shaheen just because he was a second-round pick. I mean, it's obvious that he 
wasn't really ever going to pan out was what was originally expected of him. And he was a high second too. Though. Yeah, he was a really high second. Yeah, and he was kind of a, a stunning pick at that. Uh, shocked a, a lot of people when the Bears went out to make that make that move. And and you know with pace, I think in his drafting, I think that he probably has equal hits and misses. I think that his hits. But that's pretty good yeah, for drafting. Yeah, I think his hits have been a little have been more impactful than his misses. I think obviously his most glaring miss has been. Trubisky, and I think the the Shaheen pick was a, a bungled one. But you know, when you think about the players that he's hit on, like Roquan, like Eddie Jackson, you know, Bilal Nichols, you know, a lot of these like later round players, which for whatever reason seems to be where he Roy Robinson Harris undrafted. Yeah, exactly. Scooping up these players. I mean, Tariq Cohen, of course, he was kind of a uh, a very quality pick that didn't come extremely like, high up in the draft. So you know, Akeem Hicks off in free agency, like. Jeez. Yeah, a lot of good moves, and you know he's he's made his fair share of mistakes, but you know, yeah, I mean, being able to move on from Shaheen, even though it was someone that he was probably really dead set on having pan out for this team, is you know it does show that he's willing to to at least you know part ways and not be so connected to his players. The Redskins are officially not the Redskins anymore. They are not choosing their team name, however, until after twenty twenty. They're going to be going by the Washington football team, and they will not change to their jerseys or color schemes. The only change that you're going to see is that the logo will no longer be on the helmet. It's just going to be the player's number, kind of similar to how Alabama has it. Um, yeah, so the Redskins will officially be Washington's football team. <laughs> Reese, some... Uh, some initial reactions to this. Yeah, I mean, it seems a little Bush League, right? I mean, it's... Uh... <laughs> not having a nickname is something that we don't really see in American professional sports all that much. It's uh, pretty odd, and, you know, I don't know exactly what it boils down to. I know there's a lot of speculation that some person went out and trademarked a lot of their potential names yeah. before the Redskins could do it, which, if that's so, wow. The fact that someone could beat out a professional sports organization, that's something that they should have <laughs> planned out a lot more in the future. Which, the man's like a realtor too. <laughs> I heard he's like a realtor. Like he's not even like an investment guy or anything. He's just out here like looking up domain names and shit. Yeah, I mean, good for him. And uh, you know, he could be in for quite a payday if they end up going with one of the names that he wants to uh, that he has rights to. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of disappointing just to have it be called Washington Football Team. Like, eh, you know, there's nothing good sounding about it. You know, I think the fact that they finally decided to move away from the name was probably something that was a long time coming, and that you know has been debated about since probably like the 1980s. I think it honestly runs back to so. Yeah, it, it's interesting and it's weird and it just it actually it seems completely on par for that football organization to be honest. Mm-hmm. And you know, honestly, the guy who was trademarking those names, they might he might be doing them a favor because I was not really a big fan of any of the names they were coming out with. The Washington Red Wolves, I just I think that they need to like do a complete switch up, you know. Like I I don't think you can just like play off half the name, like go from Redskins to Red Wolves. It just it doesn't make sense to me. You want to you know? see a color Another scheme one, change? Is that something you want to see, basically, I, or no? You know what? See, that's hard to say because I really actually like the the Redskins I'm a key I'm a key well the Washington football team I guess is what we should refer to yeah. them now I'm real I'm a really big fan of the Washington football <laughs> teams like jer- like jerseys and stuff you know like I, I think that they, I think 
they have really pretty color scheme. It's a little bit similar to USC. You know, it's got the it's got the red and the yellow. I think it's a really cool, kind of classic mm-hmm. looking jersey. Um, but ultimately, like, I just I don't I don't like the name Red Wolves. Like, I think if you have to change the name to something that's like completely different, if you're going to change the name, it's been it's been such a big you know. It's been such a big, and I also don't know why they don't just revert back to the name prior to Redskins, which was the Braves, the Washington Braves. I think that's a fine name. You know, obviously there's the Atlanta Braves, but Washington Braves, I think would be a a solid name and something that kind of goes back to their history. Another name that I heard that was kind of being leaked out was the DC Sentinels. And apparently the, the company that owns the domain of Washington Redskins actually purchased the domain of DC Sentinels. I don't know, maybe they're just considering this name and that's what they're kind of like, they're trying to do the preemptive work unlike they were doing last time where they got into that trademark dispute. Um, but the, I mean, I think that's, you know, kind of a cooler name. I don't really know what a Sentinel is if I'm being completely honest, but it sounds pretty cool. Um, but ultimately, I just, I think that they, they, need to, they need to do a complete switch up. You know, I don't think that you can just play off Red Wolves. I don't think you can do Red anything. I just think that you need to change your name to something completely new if, hey, if they want to do a, if they want to do a color change, that I mean, I'd be down for that. I think that we need kind of some newness in the NFL. I think it would attract a lot of fans. Um, there's, there's some. I mean, the NFL is having a little bit of an issue appealing to the youth. And hey, I mean, get some cool new jerseys here. I think that was kind of the the point of the jersey refresh this past season that we saw. But get some cool new jerseys, cool new names on teams. I think it might be a little bit more appealing. But Hey, I'm I I was kind of down for seeing a name change, you know, regardless of what you think about the prior name, if you think that it was a if it was problematic or if it wasn't problematic. Ultimately, I just think whenever there's a name change or a city change or jersey change, I just think that's cool. You know, it's not my team, so why would I really care about it? If they wanted to change the Bears name, I'd be pretty against it, but I'm I'm, I'm all in favor for newness in the NFL. Yeah, I understand what you mean, and, and, you know, going back to where you started off, like, the Red Wolves name, like, ugh, that just sounds, like, so, like, high school to me, so, like, yeah, if they did that, yeah, that'd right. be, like, very disappointing, um, you know, with the Washington football team being a pretty, you know, historic franchise, you know, I understand how it was tough, you know, to move on from that name, they've had a lot of legends that have played for that team, even though kind of in recent memory. Sean Taylor. Yeah, I mean, Sean Taylor, honestly, I mean, you know, not to get too far off topic, I think was, honestly... If he's able to play out his full career, would have been one of the greatest safeties, if not the greatest safety to ever play in the game. I think greatest. Yeah, yeah. he had unbelievable ability. Um, but you know, you know, even going back to the '80s when they had like some decent success, you know, won a couple Super Bowls. You know, I, I think that they have a chance to to kind of do a decent refresh. You know, even if they don't want to change the color scheme up, really, I guess the world's open to them though. You know, at this point, they might as well make the most of it. And, you know, whatever they feel is going to be right, then they should go out and give it 100% because, you know, at this point, you know, anything's open. You know, you don't you can stick to tradition if you want to go with the color scheme that is kind of, you know, rooted to that franchise. Sure, stick to it. If you want to switch things up, you know, you come to D.C. Sentinels. I know it's kind of typical for those Washington teams that have the red, white, and blue, obviously being like the nation's capital. So. Yeah. I understand if well the Patriots already have that, so yeah. <laughs> it would have been perfect DC Patriots, but I mean, <laughs> I already kind of got that down <laughs> somewhere else. But damn, they're, they're yeah. striking out on that one. But yeah, it'll be yeah, it'll they're, be they're interesting screwed. to see what this exactly pans out to to become. Obviously, this season 
you know, maybe we'll get an announcement later on in the season, you know, what they're going to switch to come at least like draft time to kind of do like a rebranding of the organization. You know that I actually have to bring up this Onion article that I saw. <laughs> it was the if for those guys who don't know, the Onion is a satirical like newspaper kind of deal reporting kind of deal based out of Chicago. <laughs> they posted this uh, article. I was Washington Redskins officially announced name change to DC Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just one of the most like you know. Obviously, I, I highly suggest you guys check out the Onion, especially supporting a Chicago company. Um, one of my actually one of my friend's brothers actually worked as a writer there for a little bit, and he uh, he was one of the people who helped handcraft the uh, the whole. Uh, some of these articles that you're going to see, but let's go ahead and move on. Some very impactful news actually came out. Reese, you and I talked extensively about how the coronavirus economic impact on the NFL could potentially really screw up teams cap numbers in this coming season. We talked about potentially 60 million drops. We talked about all different kinds of things. The NFL is obviously taking some precautions to help protect against that with Instead of having fans in the season, now selling advertising slots for like the first six rows, kind of like hockey and baseball. Yeah. Um, but it's still there's still going to be an economic impact. And the NFL owners and NFLPA officially came to an agreement as to how to handle that impact. There's going to be this year. Luckily, they were thinking about maybe doing a cap dip this year. But this year, there's going to be no cap changes. Everything's going to stay the same. But going into next season, they're putting in a protection where the lowest amount of um, cap space that a team could have is $24 million less than it was this year. Okay. And then all the rest of the economic impact, if there is more, will be spread out over the next five years and ultimately probably kind of even out based on uh, a return to normal. And like, you know, the NFL tends to grow a lot every single year. Now, I do believe that we're likely going to see this drop to 24 million, this drop in 24 million next year, unfortunately, because not no fans in the stadiums who knows if we'll even play an entire season we really have no clue right now and it's just safe to assume that we will see that actual 24 million difference um for each team and this is a big issue for nfl gms and executives because they tend to expect an average of a 10 million dollar increase every single year so now gms are getting $34 million less in cap space than they expected for next season. Now, the Bears currently have an expected $24 million in cap um, going into next year. So the Bears are going to be fine. It's going to leave us at about a net zero. But there's a lot of teams who are going to be in some some trouble. I mean, the Chiefs this year alone, right, they have $4 million left in cap space. Next year, they're not looking too well. The Buccaneers, the Rams, the Steelers, the Cardinals, the Raiders, the Patriots, all these teams have a lot of cap filled up. And ultimately, it's going to lead to a lot, a very difficult offseason with a lot of difficult decisions and a lot of veterans probably cut or traded. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, for those of the, like our listeners that that might not know, the NFL is interesting in sports league terms that they're probably the safest investment as in a sports team that actually grows. A lot of sports teams actually kind of lose yeah. money, but because of like the NFL's like gate sharing um, as to like what tickets they sell and that whole system they have in place, it's usually a super safe investment for like their owners and all the other investors in the team is that they're always going to get build up on their investment 
sometimes equaling or bettering that like the stock market. So this whole situation, of course, not being able to capitalize on, you know, those ticket sales, you know, is obviously going to lead to the, the league, you know, shrinking or not hitting the growth that it was expected. And yeah, it's going to be reflected in this cap space. Obviously, you said, you know, at least 24 million, which, you know, for the Bears, honestly, it's going to probably have the effect. I think that honestly is the death nail for Allen Robinson. I think that, you know, if Allen Robinson wasn't going to be re-signed before, this, uh, you know, this ultimately probably kills that. Some of these players that are going to be looking for a little bit bigger of extensions, bigger contracts, are just probably going to get shut down because it's going to be tough to provide contracts for all these players that, that really want them. And I, I agree with you. It's going to be really difficult to find these contracts. I think Tariq Cohen is a, a very potential yeah. cap casualty into next season. It's going to be very difficult to keep him on the team. I think, you know, guys like Jimmy Graham, we talk extensively about how much cap space Kyle Fuller is taking up. I don't know about Allen Robinson. I think Allen Robinson can absolutely stay with us. And I honestly believe the reason we didn't really get into this in our previous segment. I meant to get into it. But the reason why we're clearing up so much cap space with as far as like cutting tight ends before they come to the team. I I think that we're going to give Allen Robinson his extension. And I think we're going to give him an excess of money this year and then have them have lower cap hits in the next coming years. So maybe take up some of the, I think we're probably sitting around $14 million in cap now that we made these two changes with tight ends and probably you know package some of that money to him in order to get his cap space numbers down in this coming season. Or maybe the Bears are looking to go ahead and grab Warford. We don't really know at this point, but it seems like a move is probably incoming from the Chicago Bears. So you know, as far as Allen Robinson goes, he's definitely someone you have to look at as to kind of understand why they weren't giving him a contract, but maybe the Bears will, now that they kind of know exactly what the procedures are, maybe they will consider giving him a contract now. I think the main takeaway, yeah, whether if it's Robinson or, you know, Cohen or Fuller, you know, the podcast we made a little while ago saying, you know, some of the Bears you should expect, you know, not to be on the team next year. It's very mm-hmm. likely that probably a couple of those names we brought up are probably going to actually happen just because of this situation is really yeah. going to force that issue. And if it was up in the air beforehand, this really just kind of adds another thing into consideration where basically every move that you make has to be thought out, has to be calculated because it's way more impactful than it was before. You know, you can afford a couple contracts on every team that, you know, maybe you overpaid them a little bit. But just because you like what they bring, mm-hmm. just because you feel like you can kind of squeeze it into your budget, but you can't really get away with that anymore, especially with you know the cap space shrinking. It's just going to make every contract that much more important. And I talked a little bit on our YouTube channel. If you want to go ahead and check that out, we had a video that kind of goes into this more in depth, but kind of talked about how it's a really good time for the bears to do a little bit of a retool if they want. I would prefer to see them, you know, cut some, some guys that have some heavier cap hits and, you know, try to add some young talent in these next coming seasons, because it's going to be really difficult for any team. This is going to add a ton of uncertainty in the NFL because of the way teams are built. I mean, I can't even imagine how the chiefs are going to get through this. If it, if it goes fully down because they have Sammy, Watt, I mean, uh, uh, sorry. Um, Ty- Shoot. Tyree Kill. Fast guy. Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill, yeah. <laughs> Tyree Kill. They have Tyree Kill. Um, I mean, just a, they have a lot of guys in, under the cap, and they just gave Chris Jones that massive extension, yeah. too. 
I don't know how they're gonna survive this. They have Honey Badger. They got everybody. It's gonna be difficult, dude. They're gonna lose. Uh, they're gonna lose some key players. I, th- I think they're gonna have to be willing to part away with you know a couple of their you know people that really led them to where they got last year. The Chiefs are really a team where they have a lot of really quality players, and since they have so many, like I feel like the impact of them is kind of played down. Like Sammy Watkins is is a very, very talented wide receiver, but just because there's so much other talent, like Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, yeah. Watkins doesn't really get the shine that he, like, should, you know? So it's really it's yeah. really interesting, and they're going to lose some of those players, and in turn, you know, we're just going to have to see how, how it plays out. Of course, I feel like Mahomes can make it work with a lot of people, but we haven't really seen him tested like that. He's basically always had a lot of weapons around him, and defensively, I don't know how many players that can really lose to a Ford. I mean, they kind of... Mm-hmm. I feel like they have a good defense, but at the same time, they have a good defense because they have a lot of really good starters, but I'm not sure where their depth really is. Yeah, they, they're they kind of like a, you know, stars and scrubs defense. They have, you know, Honey Badger and Chris Jones. Like the Rams. But, I mean, there's a, a ton. Ago, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but there's a ton of pieces there. If you lose one of them, you could easily see it deteriorate to back to a bottom half unit. Um, they don't have like a ton of guys. It's not really a well. They didn't really draft all that well as far as defense goes. They don't have a ton of depth there. Very kind of opposite of the Bears, truthfully. Um, so yeah, it's just it's an unfortunate situation. But I something I kind of hit on in the YouTube videos. I, I'm just happy that we have some sort of cap protection. It's probably going to make things a little bit easier for the Chicago Bears. But hey, you know, if you ever uh, want to think what might happen with Aaron Rodgers. This might, this might, this could be his last year because of this. If they really like Jordan Love here, and they need to cut down, you know, thirty-four million from what they expected, they have to give Kenny Clark a contract. They have to give Aaron Jones a contract. This, there is a solid chance, a solid chance, if this goes through the way it go, it's looking like it's going to go through, that this is Aaron Rodgers' last season. Which is crazy when you think about with it. With the Packers. With the Packers. Yeah, it's crazy when you think about it because, you know, I don't think before the draft any of us really would have expected, you know, Aaron Rodgers to be out the door this soon. I think we could have possibly seen him maybe not playing his full career with the Packers, but it was going to be a couple of years down the road still because he still has, I don't know, he's still performing very well and, and maybe he's not the Aaron Rodgers that we saw when he was out there, you know, winning that Super Bowl. But at the same time... You know, for the most part, he's kind of the only thing that the Packers have. They've never been a team that's been fully stocked up with, with weapons. He's kind of had to do the Tom Brady treatment where he's kind of working with a little and, and making a lot with what he has. So it'll be really interesting if he hits the free agent market and what will have to be, I don't know, maybe some small or maybe a team with a lot of cap space will be able to shell out a huge contract for him or maybe he's just not going to get the pay that he really wants. You know, it's going to be interesting. So I'm looking exactly at what the Green Bay Packers cap situation is in 2021. So going into next season and they are currently, you know, and this is just top 51. Okay. So this is just only the players that would be making the roster. They are currently $7 million under the cap in 2021 currently. And they have to re-sign. I believe they have to re-sign Kenny Clark. They're going to have to give out a contract to, you know, um, Aaron Jones pretty soon. I don't know if that's that actually might be next season as well. So they're they're in a deep, deep, deep issue. They're get, they're going to be giving Zadarius Smith twenty million dollars next year. Nah. 
They're going to be giving Adrian Amos $10 million next year. They're going to be giving Preston Smith $16 million next year. Aaron Rodgers has $36 million cap hit. Yeah. I mean, if you there, there's going to be about zero way with this current cap situation that they'd be able to keep Kenny Clark or Aaron Jones. Kenny Clark, his calculated market value I'm looking at right now is 18.2 million and yes he is a free agent next year and Aaron Jones is 13.2 million next year so the Packers are you know they're going to get screwed from this they're going to be in in deep trouble unless they make some sort of massive move to relieve cap space I think they can get out of the Adrian Amos contract I guarantee you they do that because he's just not worth 10 million dollars he wasn't worth eight or nine million dollars that they were paying him but I mean you look at some of these other guys that they have I don't you where are they gonna what are they gonna do? The funny thing is the Packers team isn't all that depthy anyways. Aaron Rodgers covers up a ton of the holes and they, you know, they had a pretty good season defensively. And they're also, you don't want to know who else they have to give a contract really, really soon? Jared Alexander. Yeah. Which is so I mean, I if I were the if I was a Packers fan, I'd be very scared right now. Luckily, the Chicago Bears are getting their first cap relief season that they had in a while. Um, unfortunately, we're not going to really be able to actualize that with free agent talent. And there, you know, there will be a little bit of a pushback where you know free agents will probably you know take less lower contracts, and a lot of players will accept um, pay cuts and and all that. But ultimately, it's going to be a, a, a big issue for teams that are playing extremely close to the cap, especially when you are already currently in negative cap numbers. Yeah, and not just to continue the Packers slander, but I know that. You know, a lot of reporters really were very high up on the Packers in this coming season. You know, a lot of people expect them to pretty much run away with the division. And I do expect them to win the division or for it to at least be tight with them being very competitive. But a lot of the analytics really point for them to have a huge amount of regression in this coming season. A lot of things are pointing very downwards for them. So, I don't know. The future of the Packers, a team that's really kind of ran the NFC North, for a, a very long while now, you know, unless the Bears or the Vikings have had, you know, something to say about it for a year or two, they, they could be uh, could be in a different spot in the next few years. Yeah, and I think that once Aaron Rodgers finally leaves that door, there's going to be a lot of organizational change. It's no denying that he really holds that team up past what they truthfully deserve. Obviously, they have some good talent in Devontae Adams. And, you know, guys like Jair Alexander and Kenny Clark. But really, the team is covered up a lot by the offense, especially with how much money they spent on the defense last season. They, You know, they obviously got some good returns with Rashawn, or not Rashawn Gary, sorry, Zadari uh-huh. Smith um, and Preston Smith, statistically speaking. But they're still, you know, okay players, you know, still pr- pretty good players, not, not worth the contracts that they got. Um, but ultimately... You know, I'm just excited to see how this all actualizes. I think the Packers are going to be in for some trouble. The Vikings, on the other hand, chose a perfect season to begin to rebuild. So that kind of sucks. But um, ultimately, as Bears fans, we can sit pretty content knowing that we really won't have to make that many changes because of these new rules. Um, But we're just going to have to see how it actualizes. At least for the Vikings, you know, you have to just remember they have Kirk Cousins, at quarterback. So you can't be all too scared. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they're not they're not scaring me too much, but let's go ahead and move into our final segment of this episode. This is actually, you know, a very jam-packed episode, jam-packed with news. Bold predictions for the Chicago Bears this coming season. 
Now, this could be a really weird season, so don't be surprised if none of these happen, and don't be surprised if all of these happen. It's really... It, the Bears right now are already in such a weird position that we can't really project where they're going to play at or how they're going to play. But also because of the NFL and the COVID situation, we're also at a really weird position with that. So, Reese, why don't you go ahead and start off with your first bold prediction? I believe we both have three of them. Yeah. So my first one was that it's not super bold because he's become he's kind of he's almost hit this mark before. But I believe that Roquan Smith will be the leading tackler on the on the team and he'll eclipse 130 tackles which i believe his previous career high was 122 in his rookie season i do believe um you know i think Mm -hmm. i've commented on this before with danny trevathan has really kind of not exactly taken away roquan smith's shine but has kind of made it so roquan smith hasn't had to do so much right like if without danny trevathan roquan smith could easily hit this mark you know every single year and easily Mm -hmm. be the bears leading tackler but I think we're going to see Roquan Smith take a very large step forward. And I think even with Trevathan still being there, I think he's going to, you know, even eclipse him, and he's going to have a really solid season, you know, tackling, you know, would-be ball carriers and all that. And I'm not saying that he'll get a bunch of sacks, but I expect him to be pretty dynamic, too. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up snagging a pick or two and maybe even scoring a touchdown for himself. Roquan Smith is one of the Bears most promising players and someone who I'm really just waiting for when he becomes an all pro not if he becomes right. an all pro he's gonna he's gonna have an, a fantastic career and I'm just really excited to see him actually actualize that obviously you know playing a less flashy position at inside linebacker and playing next to a really high quality inside linebacker with Danny Trevathan he's not going to get all the numbers that you might see someone like you know Darius Leonard got in his first season and some people made statements that he should have Darius Leonard should have been picked by the Bears which is you know pretty hilarious I'd way rather have Roquan Smith as far as the talent perspective he's so far beyond Darius Leonard um so as as far as Roquan Smith I'm waiting for an all-pro season for him and this could absolutely be that season um as far as my first bold prediction I had David Montgomery. Uh, I, I said that he hits 2K all-purpose yards. So as far as rushing and receiving, he's going to get 2,000 yards total. He came, I think he had like 1,300 his rookie year, maybe 1,400, maybe even a little bit more. Um, but he had a pretty decent rookie season when you look at it. And I think that he's going to do it with probably about the same amount of carries he got this year. I think uh, with Montgomery, it was it was tough at times watching him last season because sometimes there are literally no holes for him to run through. And, you know, I feel like that, really? that really knocked down his average quite a bit. And then there are some games where, for like the Cowboys game, for instance, he did really good against the Chargers as well. So there were some real big, mm-hmm. big bright spots. And, you know, I, I'm expecting him to take take a big step forward. And that's why I, you know, for one of my, my next bold prediction, I'll just get into it now, was that he'll, you know, rush for, you know, 1,200 rushing yards, which, you know, I think is basically on par with, you're all purpose, you know, if he got about like 1,200 yeah. rushing yards, maybe he gets like 1,300 rushing yards, you know, 700 receiving, would be a very, very solid season for him. It would be a big improvement. And, of course, that's, you know, I think that's expecting more from the offensive line and also more from Montgomery. I think they pretty much go hand in hand. But I really hope that if that's kind of more of a testament to Nagy sticking with the run and kind of, you know, adding in more balance into this offense. I think there's a lot of factors that need to go into play here for Montgomery to really, you know, take that stuff forward that me and you or that you and I are both, you know, anticipating here. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm expecting it. I hope the offensive line can help take some pressure off of him. And I hope that Nick Foles or Mitchell Trubisky, whichever becomes a starting quarterback, can have good enough play that can help him actually, you know, make make his hard work and returns uh, feasible. As far as my second bullet prediction, I had Cole Komet hit 700 yards, which, you know, it doesn't sound like that flashy of a number. You know, if a tight end gets 700 yards, it's not a huge deal, but for a rookie tight end, that'd be pretty damn good. Um, and for the position that we have, that would be great. You know, I think that we are going to see Cole Komet have, you know, my prediction for him in the beginning was about 350 yards. Maybe he reaches 400 as a rookie, but you know, with this Bears offense, if things actually start to get rolling and Cole Komet plays the way that we think he can play, Cole Komet could actually absolutely finish the season with 700 yards if things break his way. Yeah, I mean, I would be ecstatic if if Cole Komet, who's kind of a a more he's a multi dimensional tight end. He he can block, he can receive. He's kind of the the balanced tight end that a lot of teams want, but have kind of faded away in you know today's NFL. I'd be ecstatic if he got over 500 yards. That being said, I don't think 700 yards is truly out of his range. Like you said, if the Bears, you know, offense has always been set up for tight ends to be a huge part of the offense, but it's just mm-hmm. never really turned out well because you know, a I think part of it's a little bit to do with Nagy's play calling, but mostly it's just been because they haven't had steady play from tight ends. A lot of injury issues. We got into this about you know when we were talking about Shaheen earlier. So now that hopefully with Komet, we have a much steadier, much more consistent tight end who, you know, has a lot of talent. Hopefully he can be utilized a lot more in this offense, which can probably only do dividends for everything else on the field. If the Bears team, if this Bears team can really utilize its positional players, you know, a lot better than they have over the past couple of years, then we're going to see a, a large spike up in offense production. Absolutely, absolutely. So my final bold prediction, it's kind of it was inspired by this Jamal Adams news, and we talked about how Eddie Jackson and Jamal Adams have different skill sets. That being said, I think in comparison, we're really going to see the value of Eddie Jackson shine through this year. I know that he had a bit of a down year last year, but still, with that being said, did not have an awful stat line. I think we're going to see the true value of Eddie Jackson this year and how he is honestly superior to, you know, a lot of these players that he's compared to, like Jamal Adams. I, I expect with how much better the secondary is going to be with this pressure that I think this Bears front, you know, front seven is going to be able to put on the quarterback, I think Eddie Jackson could be in for a, a monster year. I mean, a, a year mm-hmm. that I'm not going to say record-breaking, but definitely one that's going to get a lot of people's attention. Um, and it's probably going to end up in him being rewarded a big contract when that's coming up, you know, fairly soon. So, yeah, I'm expecting big things from Eddie Jackson in this in this uh, coming season. Well, I hate to break it to you, uh, Reese, but Eddie Jackson already had an extension. Oh, so, he did. Wow. Uh, I, I can reassure that. you that he will not be getting another extension. Um, maybe you should read up more before you come on the podcast, bro. <laughs> I'm obviously no, I'm just not kidding. qualified I'm just... for this uh, podcast. It, so I will can... be resigning after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it, can, it can be extremely hard to just keep track of all the players and their current contract status. But, yeah, the Bears kind of shelled out an early contract for him. He's going to be paid the highest. Uh, I think he's the highest paid safety contract currently but um, or going to be going on to that. But I can absolutely see Eddie Jackson having his biggest year, especially with the addition of Travis Gibson. 
Um, wait, no, not Travis Gibson. Excuse me. That's the guy who we drafted. Treshawn Gibson uh, at strong safety. I think that he's going to be a great pairing for him and really an underrated signing for us, especially for the contract value we got him at. You know, this Bears defense is going to be extremely good. I mean, trading out Jalen Johnson for Prince of Mukamara, haha for Treshawn Gibson. Um, and then adding, obviously, uh, Robert Quinn for Leonard Floyd. This is this defense is the best defense uh, as far as a, on paper that we've had in probably an extremely long time. Better than the 2018 defense for sure on paper. Um, especially it has more depth as well. So if everyone stays healthy, this defense is going to be top of the line, number one defense. It's obviously the number. I believe, truthfully, it's easily the number one defense as far as just a roster perspective goes. Um, especially when you consider in all the players that we're going to be getting back from injury, it's it's going to be hard to find a roster that's better than the Chicago Bears in that regard. It's going to be we're going to have to see if we can actually like see it come to come to come to fruition. But it's it's not unrealistic to view that this team has the best defense in the NFL in 2020. So my final prediction, which. You know, I don't think it's that bold of a prediction because I think, you know, Bears fans have been waiting for it for a while. But Khalil Mack finishes the year with over 17 sacks and wins Defensive Player of the Year. Damn, that would be uh, quite a good sack number for him because I think, what is his career high? Is it 14 or 15? I think it's it's like 14 or 15. Yeah, one of those two. So, I mean, obviously that would be, 17 would be a very significant number for him. But, you know, with Khalil Mack, I mean, come on, you cannot, you know, you could almost throw any number out there, you know. That's it's the best team he's been yeah, on. Yeah, within reasonable. It's the best roster. Anything within reasonable range of like, I don't know, you know, up to like twenty some sacks. I mean, it would be reasonable to say that Cleo Mack could achieve. You know, he's going to garner a lot of attention for sure. But you know, with the addition of Rob, that's the difficulty. What's up? What was that? That's the additional difficulty with Cleo Mack is because. He changes how offenses perform more than any other defensive player in the league. Yeah. So it becomes that much harder for him to reach actual sack totals. So, like, I mean, 17 sacks. I, that's why I didn't go out and say some crazy ridiculous number like Aaron Donald's number. Because Aaron Donald, teams don't adjust as much to Aaron Donald. They don't adjust their offense as much around Aaron Donald. He obviously gets more of the flashy numbers and, you know, is, has some really nice highlights. But Khalil Mack, no, no team adjusts more for a player than Khalil Mack. Yeah, Aaron Donald is an absolute beast of a player. But, yeah, I mean, uh, Cleo Mack is a little bit different quality of force, at least in my opinion. I mean, everyone's entitled to their own. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, you know, anything could really happen, especially with the addition of Robert Quinn. You know, I think we anticipate that that will at least take some of the pressure off of Mack sometimes. It's going to give him a little bit more free range. And, man, Cleo Mack with, you know, some free space in front of him, not getting double teamed is a, is a scary sight. So, yeah, I could, I could really see... You know, Cleo Mack getting back into that, you know, 2018 form, even though not even saying that last year was a bad year for him at all. Just a lot of what he did didn't translate onto the stat line. But yeah, I would not be uh, would not be shocked if we saw him get into those upper teens for sacks. Well, I think that's going to be about the end of the show here, guys. Thank you so much for joining us again. We're excited to finally have some you know, Bears news for you guys and actually interesting topics. Hopefully we keep getting that. Hopefully we see an NFL season and NFL well, actually NFL preseason is canceled. We didn't really go over that, but yeah, NFL season preseason is canceled. Sorry to spoil the news for anybody. But hopefully we see an NFL season actualize and actually become reach reality for us. Um, 
I'm a little hesitant right now. The numbers and COVID in the United States are, you know, very, very bad right now. Everyone, please wear a mask when you go out so that you don't get other people sick. You don't get yourself sick. Um, and we can hopefully try to kill it before football season occurs. Maybe we'll see. Um, I know we have some, you know, there's obviously some vaccines coming, but those aren't going to come for a while and probably won't be available. Uh, it, we probably won't reach the herd immunity threshold till you know, probably next football season. So if you, if you care about the NFL, if you care about your bears, you're going to be wearing a mask when you go to the grocery store and just around people in general. Um, Thank you guys so much for joining us. We've seen a tremendous amount of growth with the podcast. We're sorry we missed an episode last week, um, but we're looking forward to keeping up with our consistency twice a week, every Monday and Thursday. And uh, bear down, guys. Bear down.